All right, well, without further ado, I'm going to invite up our guest speaker for today, and that is Brett. Let's give him a hand. How you doing, John? G'day, Brett. It's good to see you again. It's, it's been good a while. To see you. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. It's probably been the best part of it, really. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to just ask Brett a few questions. Uh, so I think for most of us who know you or have met you at church camp and yeah. you know the various times that you visit, we want to know how your family is going and, uh, and give us an update on yeah on them. Yeah. So uh, yesterday um, we celebrated my second daughter's. Well, to cut a long story short, we had a party for her. Um, her birthday is. In the future, a bit too close to Christmas, and so we dragged out the slip and slide, and um, my wife made cronuts, so good. Wow, yes. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Gather around, right? <laughs> if you've Zoom never in. tried this before, doesn't matter what you put it on. Okay, cronuts are just, to flip a phrase, not the icing on the cake, but perhaps the cake beneath the icing, but you get yourself down <laughs> to like the supermarket of your choice, and on the shelf, you'll find this clear jar with a red lid called Biscoff. You buy the crunchy Biscoff spread, <laughs> you put that on anything. All right. Jesus, your will be done on earth as Free it is tips. in heaven. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> it is so oh, good. Man. Maybe so we need good. to change communion. That's right. <laughs> well, I didn't notice, Tony. You were kind of, that went down pretty rough this morning, yeah, didn't well, it? Yeah. Let's not go there. All right. Um, Next question, Brad would like, love to know what your favourite exercise is at the gym. See, favourite's a tricky word. <laughs> favourite is a tricky word. Yeah, come on, come on. That's no, we can't do that. One and a half years, you know. Um, but <laughs> favourite is a tricky word because often what is easy, we can enjoy what is easy, but that's not what's best for us. Oh, didn't know this gets so philosophical. <laughs> it's a deep thing. It's a deep thing. Um, but... Yeah, so at the moment, I'm trying to just squat, stand up under more weight, which there again, we could go very philosophical. <laughs> all right, well. all right. Okay, and final question. Um, so I think most people would agree that 2020 has not been the, the best year for them. Uh, so you may, might have to think a little bit about this one, but what's one way that your life has been impacted for good in 2020? Mm. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, I think um, in the face of uncertainty, practicing gratitude has been very powerful. Um, and so identifying and then just naming the things or the moments even um, that I'm grateful for have really helped me, I think, it helps me switch on to the nearness of God in my life, but it also focuses me on um, what I have. When I get caught up in uncertainty, it can be very easy to focus on what is not happening or what I don't have. Um, so the practice of gratitude has been significant for me. Oh, fantastic. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, well, that's my question. So thank you very much, Brett, and I'll hand over to you. Thank you very much. Cool. Should I steal your microphone? Uh, if you want to, yep, I'll just yes. disinfect it and then hey, give it over to you. Hey, you've got to do that these days. These days. So that's very good. Um, so I'm pretty, I feel pretty excited today. Um, I've got a mate of mine who's going to come up and he's going to share a little bit of his life 
and a little bit of how he's got to this point. Um, and so without any further ado, I'm going to introduce Logan. Come on up, mate. How you going? Um, firstly, I'm just going to say, you guys know how to party, all right? <laughs> you got communion in shot glasses, all right? Some lady was walking around. I thought they were a coffee pod. She offered me it, and I'm, she went to offer it to me, and I'm like, no, nah, nah, I'm all good. And then everyone's like, have you got a communion thing? And I'm like, what are you talking about? The shot glasses. Um, but anyway, cool. Um, thanks for having us. I know it's probably a rough gig putting up with guys like me and Brett. Yeah, it's true. Um, but we didn't, you know, we took our footy shorts off and put some nice long pants on for you today anyway, okay? Um, so my name's Logan. Um, I'm from the Hawkesbury area. Um, so we're, you know, pretty known for Centrelink and stuff like that. Um, I've been here before. I've met Joe. I've played your drums here one time after a search camp or whatever. Um, you know, it's a lovely building, lovely people. Um, and what I'm going to share with you today is my testimony, just a small bit of it. Um, you know, so just to give you real quickly, um, I'm 18, I work for myself, I've got nine siblings, never met my father, blah, 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 blah. Um, just going to open up my phone here, because I'm not very educated and I need to write things down. All right? That's a sign of education, mate. <laughs> so, um, cool. Yep, so 18 years old, as I said, as I said. Um, grew up in the Hawkesbury area, we're moving from house to house every 6 to 12 months. Um, so to give you an idea, um, never met my real father, um, my mother's been with multiple blokes, you know, on and off, and um, at, at this time she was with one that sells ice. Um, you know, so it wasn't the best being at home, um, always moving houses, so if things were going good, we're in a mad house on acreage, if they were going bad, we're on like Vineyard Caravan Park or something, um, so big difference. Um, so I grew up, um, yeah, in a house with heaps of us, and um, I was kind of like a middle child. I'm like the fourth youngest. Um, I'm the best looking one, I can tell you that. Um, you know, I've got sisters and brothers like are in jail, and I've got multiple nephews and nieces. It's all over the shop. Um, but yeah, so one time we moved from this awesome property into Vinnie Caravan Park, as I just mentioned, and um, it was a big downgrade, and I hated it. I didn't want to move schools because I got sick of moving primary school. So I was in uh, year seven or eight at this time. And um, yeah, I just got sick of moving schools. So I'm like, nah, I'm going to get up at five in the morning and get, catch the bus at 5.15 to go all the way to Hawkesbury High and Freeman's Reach. It was a trek, That's I'll tell you that. Um, and at that point in my life, I'd started, you know, mucking around with, you know, drugs and alcohol and partying. And I was just like a full 12-year-old with an earring and a rat's tail. Um, yeah, not the best look, I tell you. Um, anyway, so, yep, that's what I was doing. And we moved from that caravan park to Bly Park, which is just in Windsor. So it was a bit of an upgrade. We're like now like we're middle class, you know what I mean? And um, first night there, I had this friend that I knew and I hadn't seen for ages. And he'd been real quiet lately. Um, so I'm like, hey, mate, how you going? Is there any parties on tonight? He's like, yeah, man. There's this one up in Currajong. Free bus ride, free food, and hot chicks. And I'm like, you got me. I'm coming. All right? All right? And I'm not going to say it was the chicks. I think it was the food that got me. Okay? He's like, meet me at the shops at this time. So I met him at the shops. I was early. I was pimping. I had, like, had like my, my Nike jacket on that I stole from someone. 
You know, I had my thongs and a pair of boardies. I was, I was a catch, I tell you. All right? So I'm at the shops, Bly Park shops, out the front of the takeaway shop, having a battered sav. Right? Just waiting for this guy to turn up. Anyway, a bloody church van pulls up. Right? <laughs> and um, he's like, oh, get in. And I'm like, sorry, what? <laughs> That's a church van with a bunch of weirdos. Why do I want to get in that? He's like, no, no, no. Trust me, it's a free bus ride. I'm like, righto. So I get into the white van, which being at that age, I always thought, don't get into white vans with randoms. But I did it. Good advice. Okay. Um, And we go to this place in Karajong. And similar to you guys, there's a big, dark, ginormous pastor guy. All right. So you got Joe. You got bold Joe. Well, we got... um, Roger, and I, I, he doesn't really have any features. He's just big and ugly, all right? <laughs> anyway, I rock up, and they've got this youth group, and I've never gone to one in my life. And there's, like, all these, like, you know, like these worship people, and at the time, I'm like, who are these weirdos sitting on a stage playing with a guitar? Like, what's going on? Do you have a life, you know? And um, anyway, I rock up and, you know, had a free feed, just a classic bacon sandwich full of oil, good for the pimples. And um, I really enjoyed it, and I don't know why. And um, later on, I come to realize it was the first time in my life that I didn't have to do anything to please anyone because I spent my whole life at that time, you know, shouting people, hey, you want some pot? Yeah, I'll hook you up. Mm. Hey, you want some Maccas? I'll hook you up. So it was the first time in my life that I went to some place, someone's giving me free food, people are saying, oh, how are you going? You know, they're not looking at me and saying, why do you have a rat's tail? Like, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, they're just nice people. I really enjoyed it. So I kept going. And... Um, well, I didn't go for the hot chicks. I just kept going because I enjoyed it, you know. Mm. And um, this one night, this bloke named Caius, and he's not good looking, so he's a bit below me. And um, <laughs> he, he's given me a lift home because I didn't have a license. And um, he's like, can I pray for you? And I'm like, um, why do you want to do that? That's just dumb. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, can I pray for you? And I'm like, oh, if you want, mate, you know, give it a go. And we're driving on Richmond Road. Do you know Richmond Road? Yeah. Anyway, opposite side to Windsor Road, essentially, yeah, okay? Yeah. So we're driving down there past the tip. You've got the mad tip smell. Just, oh, yeah, you know? And he starts praying for me, blah, blah, blah. I'm probably not even listening, if I'm honest with you. I'm just thinking, why is this guy doing this? It's so awkward. Anyway, he's praying for me, and all of a sudden, I get this feeling in my gut. And I did eat, so I wasn't, like, hungry or anything. And I had this feeling, and straight away, my reaction was, oh, you know, the beep when you beep out a swear word, yeah. right? I'm like, that was God. This whole God thing's real. I had this weird feeling in my gut, and it was like a good version of the butterflies. Do you know the butterflies? And it's like, you get like that real fairy, weird feeling. I feel like I had a good version. And I just knew that it was God. And I'm, yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, crap, this whole thing's real. (laughs) What have I got myself into here, you know? And um, anyway, so I started going to church. And um, it was all right. A lot of free food, um, yelling at random people's houses afterwards. It was good. Um, and then this thing called Search Camp came along, which is just essentially a camp with a bunch of like 12-year-olds and other people and teenagers and stuff, and you go away up the coast, and it was good. Um, I was always been working. I always had money, and I said, oh, I've got no money to go away. I can't go. So someone paid for me. I feel bad now, but someone paid for me to go. And I rock up to this camp with like 300 bucks, just buying crap, you know, bringing the hawks through with me, you know, like I took a trolley from Coles. I'm like, I don't know why, but I went. And it was awesome because I'm around a mad group of people that 
aren't like me, but my age, and we're all just having a good time, talking about God, jamming out. And I met Brett, and um, I thought he was like the only guy I could relate to because everyone else was like wearing like fancy clothes or everyone else is like not white. Um, or it's true. It's true. It's yeah, without true. sounding mean, I'm sorry, but yeah. Huh? And then this bloke walks up to me. There you go, mate. <laughs> and he's just got a real deep voice. And I'm like, God, oh, this guy's cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, that's how I met Brett at that church camp. And um, it was mad, you know, good, pe- good group of people. And it really just helped me to kind of lock in my faith, right? So um, I met this guy called Joel. And um, he's an Irish bloke, but he looks Lebanese, okay? Um, and I rock up and I see this guy sitting at a counter eating like a sausage roll with heaps of tomato sauce. And he's got like work clothes on, and I'm like, this is my guy. This is, this is, we're going to connect here. Anyway, he brings me to work one day and, um, you know, lets me drive a truck and I don't even have my L's. Anyway, we're having a good time, okay? I'm in my element. Mm. And um, he introduces me to another guy called Nick. And, um, you know, he introduces me to more and more people. Um, but anyway, the point of me saying that was, um, yeah, this Joel fella introduced me to a bloke called Nick. And um, we, got, we had a really good connection. And um, this Nick bloke, I kinda, he's like a dad to me now. So, you know, he gave me my first truck and all that stuff. And, you know, anyway, a bit of a romantic story. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so God's introduced me to these mad people. Um, and by introducing me to these people and put me into such good environments, I made the decision to move out of home. I moved out of home into a granny flat behind two girls. Can I say that was a bad idea? <laughs> okay. Put the beans out. <laughs> mow the lawns. I'm like, I mow my lawns, but mow ours. I'm like, oh, crap, here we go. Okay. So I moved out of home and it was mad. I'm out of this like ice place. I'm in a mad home, putting up with two 20-year-old girls. Um, and I ended up moving into another place in North Richmond now. But um, I'll tell you what, it was a good decision moving out. Um, so now I work for myself and I have um, two guys work for me. And the whole reason that I work for myself and not for someone is... Because, not the money, I can promise you that, okay? Because I want to give people the opportunity that I had to be able to try new things, whether that be try new things at work, you know, just have a chat in the truck on the way to work and um, really just get to know them. So um, I think that, that's pretty much it about me. So to sum it up, I was a bogan. I probably still am, just not as much. Um, I'm still single. So um, I'll, I'll leave a business card up here for you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I'll, what I'll do is I'll pass you on to Brett. Actually, before I do, there's one verse um, that stuck with me like for the last however many years now. And um, I think of it every day because if I don't pray on my way to work or on my way to church or whatever, I have a garbage day. Okay, so this is verse. And look, oh, do I even have the verse written down? No, I don't. Okay, I think I screenshotted it. Anyway, the verse is, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, mm. right? So I've got it on my background like a good little Christian, okay? <laughs> and I think of that every morning because if I don't get up and pray or pray my way to work, I have an absolute crap day. The truck will break down. A worker will show up late. I'll do something stupid and just cost myself a lot of time and money. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's me. I want to thank you for your time and I'm going to put you on to Brett. Put some earmuffs on. He's loud. Thanks, <laughs> mate. As you may have picked up, one of the great things about Logan is that he's all in 
And one of the beautiful things about Logan is that if you're around him, you're right in there with him. Good work, mate. Good on you. Um, let's uh, open our Bibles uh, to John chapter 15. It's a bit of a sign of the times that we're living in when the rustling as the pages of the Bible turn have been replaced with the crinkling of plastic on our little single-serve communion things. That's a bit of a sign of the times. Yeah, but, and as, as we turn, um, I'm going to be just reading this morning um, from the NLT, but uh, John chapter 15, and we're just going to start in verse 1 and, and read through. Uh, Jesus is speaking, and he says these words. I am the grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so that they will produce even more. You already have been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. And when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as my Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater life than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. And this is my command. Love each other. So the passage that we just read, most of us would be familiar as Jesus in the Last Supper on the night before um, he was put on trial and crucified, speaking with his closest followers. And uh, for those 12, they were about to go through a period of huge change in their life. For us, it feels like we're a little bit different <laughs> Maybe you feel like today, as you reflect on the year, if you're that kind of person, that we've already been through a huge period of change in our lives. Uh, I don't know if you, you've stopped to think about it, but we had the bushfires at the start of the year, and um, for some people, even now, um, the smell of control burning off actually provokes anxiety as they remember having to... Um, leave their homes. 
for us, we had actually had a holiday planned down to the south coast and uh, the place we were at, the fire actually was across the road. So we had to cancel that holiday and then it felt like while the smoke was still clearing in the air, we then went into isolation. And for some of us, um, life continued maybe without too much adjustment. Um, For others, that meant a change in employment, maybe no more employment, um, yeah, maybe serious things like not updating to this year's model of BMW. It's a bit of a challenge there. Um, but for others of us, more challenges like, can I afford to keep this roof over my, ha- uh, over my head? And then just recently with the shift in American politics, and that's a whole area that I'm not going to dive into this morning, um, but... There's a change there, and now commentators in Australia are saying, well, what's Australia going to do? This country that has such great natural resources that seems to be doing so little to help the environment, and now we've got a different leader in the United States, one who seems to be prioritising that. How's that going to affect us here? And so we feel like we're already gone through this period of great change. Uh, And I predict that in the future, in this year, which has seen an unprecedented use of the word unprecedented, we're going to see an unprecedented use of the phrase, the new normal, as everyone tries to work out what does it actually mean to negotiate my way through all these changes in our lives. And so we've got that ahead of us. And frankly, some of the prospects are not great. And there was recently a survey done in the United States that indicated that one in five churches would not survive the lockdown. And as I talk to people who work in my industry, there's always talk about what do you think is going to happen next? We've made it through the isolation. When is the drop-off going to hit? And you talk to people and some businesses are not functioning anymore. Some have actually, excuse me, thrived in the current environment. And so as we consider our prospects personally, as a community of faith in this new world that we're entering into, What is our perspective on moving forward? And in what we explored here, Jesus is actually inviting his friends into a certain perspective on the future. He says, this is how I invite you to look forward. And he says repeatedly in this passage, this thing comes up and it says, Jesus invites us to remain. Some of you might be reading a Bible that says, abide in me. Um, the Passion Translation actually talks about living in life union with Jesus. But how does that help us deal with a changing world? does it and I think the invitation that Jesus makes here 
is an invitation to move forward. Because he starts with this, this picture that maybe we're not very familiar with. Um, maybe something that we can relate to a bit more um, is maybe this idea of, of pregnancy. You know, John asked me about how my kids are doing. Um, so maybe for some of you, the idea of kids is good. Um, for those of you who are uh, still single, uh, Logan, you know, this might be a bit hard for you to grasp. Um, for others of us, and I recognise that there are some people who actually want kids and maybe that's not working. Um, so I'm not trying to bring up anything painful there for people. But you know, in this act of pregnancy, is this beautiful thing that happens in an intimate setting and for about 12 weeks, no one knows. When my wife got pregnant for about 12 weeks, I didn't know. <laughs> right? I'm like, yeah, I'm just doing my thing. And then one day she comes up to me and says, Brett, I had to tell you something. No worries. I think I'm pregnant. I had no idea. Because it's this, this thing that happens within. Now, for those of you who maybe have had that experience or know someone, not long after the 12 weeks, things start to become obvious, but there's this internal activity that goes on. And as we are um, looking ahead to the future, it starts with this internal growth. Sounds a bit malignant, doesn't it? bit like your pimples, mate, you know, that bacon sandwich. But um, it's something internal that, that shifts. And Jesus actually says, what? remain in me. And this morning, I want to invite us into the mystery of that. Because as we look down um, to what he said, a bit later on, Jesus actually says, well, if you're going to remain in me, you don't need to worry about a few things because you've already been made clean by the message that I've given to you. And I just want to explore the idea of well, what is this message? Because I grew up in a church environment where we, we spoke about the Bible, where that made a difference in our lives and I memorized bits of Scripture. And yet when you look at how John records Jesus' life, Most of Jesus' teaching is actually about who Jesus is. So Jesus will say things like, with communion this morning, I am the bread of life. I am, to the weeping sister of a dead man, I am the resurrection and the life. Come to me and drink living water. And so the weird thing about this is that in a world where words matter, where we like to analyze what does this particular politician mean when he says this? What does my partner mean when they say that to me? When you offer me a mint, are you just being kind or is that some comment on my halitosis? You know, like We like to analyze and yet Jesus' invitation... It's actually not to his words, but it's to him. 
to actually engage with the divine in all its humanity. And I, th- I want to just explore that for a moment. Because as I said, I, I've grown up reading the scriptures. Um, and on top of that, I'm going to overlay, I'm a bit of a task-focused guy. Get the job done, okay? Give me a goal, I'm running towards it. Give me a deadline, I'll meet it. Um, give me a pile of dirt and I'll move it, okay? Um, give me a kid to get into bed, it's going to happen, one way or the other. Um, anyone else relate? Yes, one. Hopefully that's about maybe the kids and not so much the dirt, but we can move on from there. Now, but when we're doing this, when you're living that life, when we set ourselves a goal, all the greatest product, productivity experts right now, they go, if you want to get something done, put it in your schedule. And so we do that. And we go, okay, right now I've got an hour and in this hour I've got to do the washing up, sweep the floors, read a story to my kid, make sure they're settled down before they go to the other two girls, then put them to bed, and then I've got to do some work for what I'm going to do in a couple of weeks. Right? And so you need to be locked down, you need to be real tight, and bam, 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 bam. But I think I can let that approach to life, that very productive approach to life, seep in to how I interact with Jesus. Like water running through a coffee pod, that can change the flavour of my relationship with God. Because what Jesus is inviting me here into here is not another checklist, not another scheduled hour on your digital calendar, not another activity It's a moment with all the uncertainty that that involves. And the invitation here is to actually be open to possibility. I don't like that. (laughs) In the face of uncertainty... Lock down on what you know, punch through the other side. Being open, I I don't like that. You might take away what I've got here. At the moment, our church, we're in a small country town, maybe about 3,000 people. God is moving when we are open. I was driving home from work. It was late. Not quite that late, but, you know, it was about 6 o'clock. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll be able to get home, put my kids into bed, and then uh, we've got a meeting planning for church stuff. It'll be all good. Um, And as I got in the car... I just had this nagging sense. You should go to Appen. And I'm thinking, I don't want to go to Appen. 
I'm hungry. I've got kids to put into bed. And I'm driving along the Rellon Road towards my house and I'm thinking, yeah, I've got to go. And so I rang my wife and I said, oh, I'll be late. And you know, I could hear on the phone that she sounded a bit confused. And um, so I'm driving out there and kind of put some worship music on, by the way. Thanks for this morning. It was awesome. I learned a few new songs. I enjoyed some old ones as well. Very good. Um, and it, but as I'm driving out there, like the worship songs just aren't doing it. So I turn it off and I go, okay, God, what, what are we doing here? Like, I don't know. And he goes, just, just keep driving. And so I drive in. And um, he goes, oh, like I just get this sense, you know, and it's not like this audible, Brett, this is God. You know, you just get this kind of vibe and it's like, I should go in here. And so I pull in, there's a footy field and a kid's play area and I'm thinking there's going to be no one here because everyone's gone home. And sitting at this table is this guy and he's obviously just bought some chips from the shop because the empty wrappers are in front of him and and I'm like this guy yep that's the guy and that's how God works now nothing like I'm standing here and going I gave up all that to meet this one guy and nothing even really came out of (laughs) that little trip. But it's the invitation of Jesus is to step into those moments. There's someone else on our team and natural introvert. And yet she said, okay, God, I'm going to go to this place each day. And I remember talking to her about her experiences and she'd go and she'd just sit in the cafe each day for a week and then another week. And she thought, I'm wasting my time here. I've got to do something. And so she started just saying hi to people. And as she stepped into the uncertainty of those moments, she started to actually make herself available to people within our community. And she's gone through that slow process of working through the internal stuff, knowing people's names, sharing a little of her story, getting to know people, sharing about we're here because we believe God wants us to move. And out of that, Two families have actually started to explore their relationship with Jesus. Now, we're a long way from anywhere spiritually. But because this one woman stepped in, two families are now considering their future in a different way than they had before. And when Jesus invites us to remain in him, sometimes it is reading the scriptures. Sometimes it is 
turning on the worship music in the background. And sometimes it's being open to the uncertainty of what Jesus is offering in each moment. And as we tune into this conversation between Jesus and his disciples, he says what? Well, actually, your life with me is actually about action. You know, if you're an accountant, you've probably already read down the list here and said, well, he actually uses the word obey seven times in this very short conversation. Because in the midst of uncertainty, the call of the spiritual life is to act because it's by acting that we create and it's by acting that we open up possibilities not just for ourselves but for other people to encounter Jesus now. And in this time of uncertainty, Jesus is who people need. Now what that looks like might be very, very different, but when we engage with Jesus, when we practice Jesus' presence in our lives, Jesus, what are you saying here? We open ourselves up to these acts of obedience, these acts of Heaven interrupting people's lives. And see, then we start to see something produced in our lives. Like the baby bump. Because <laughs> when all this internal stuff is happening, and often these moments with Jesus are unseen, And yet something begins to grow in us. As we step into these moments with Jesus, there is a, there's a joy that begins to grow. There's actually a hunger that begins to develop. And we start to see ourselves differently. Because Jesus says here, he says, no longer do I call you servants, no longer do I call you slaves, no longer do I call you employees or subcontractors, right? But he says, what? Is that as we move into these moments with Jesus where we are open to what he's saying at any given point in our lives, as we begin, begin this practice of obedience, that then he actually says, you know what? I call you friends. Last weekend, I went round to my friend's place for lunch. And we kind of got there a bit late. And then they, our kids wanted to go in the pool. And so he turned on his pool for us. And um, he let us play with his puppy. And then uh, one of my daughters got a bit weirded out. And... Um, I think vomited on his floor. So I used his towel to clean up the vomit. And then another one got freaked out when the puppy barked and she fell down the stairs and got a nosebleed. And so I used another one of his towels to mop up the blood and then used one of his ice packs to put on the back of the, the neck. 
And then we got into the pool and ah. Oh. But we stayed there for about eight hours. And it wasn't because I was cleaning up. <laughs> Just to be clear. It wasn't all, but you know, because when you know someone likes you, it's easy. And you can talk about anything. And your conversation can go from frustration, I can't believe she fell over and she's got a bleeding nose, to humour, to deep discussions of purpose and shared pain and all the possibilities. And Jesus says here, I like you. He is your friend. <laughs> this is not just a church thing. This is not just a song. The creator of the universe is generally happy when you're hanging with him. Yes, we can make mistakes. Yes, we can feel frustrated with ourselves. Sometimes even the circles that we move in, can bring shame into our lives. But Jesus says here, I call you my friends. Sometimes we don't think that way. We sang this morning about Jesus, crucifixion and resurrection. Such an important historical event. And yet our relationship with Jesus is so much more than just a reflection on a historical event. The most powerful spiritual event in your life is the one that you have with Jesus today. Remain in life union with me. And I know maybe there's some people here, maybe there's some people here um, who are looking at this passage and going, but what about this cutting off the branches and this talk of pruning? I've never grown grapes, let's be honest. Never done it. Probably wouldn't have the patience because it's hard work. Because if you've ever seen grapes in a field, they have the stump that comes up out of the ground. Usually stands about this high, thick thing, like thick and twisted and gnarly. And then at the top of the stump, usually maybe that far, 150 mil above, they've got wires running. And what happens is that when the grapes are getting close to growing, the branches come out of the vine, which is actually this bit, not the bit on the wires, this bit, and then they grow. And every year, the viticulturalist, the wine grower, that's just for you, uh, but has to then, after the crop is grown, cuts off 
those branches so that the next year those same branches will regrow and produce more fruit. And I just want to tell you, this is not about destruction. This is not about removal or kicking out. The goal here is, Jesus, I want you to live a life that produces something. I'm not about trying to say you're in or you're out. I want you to live a life that produces something. And sometimes that means that there are things in your life that need to be cut off so that something better can grow in its place, so that something more fruitful can happen, so that your prospects start looking up instead of getting tangled in this mess. And as we encounter Jesus in these moments, it is there that our life starts to be productive. And so I want to invite you this morning into that moment to actually be open to what God is saying to you today to actually be open to what God is saying to you through your schedule in the background behind your goals and aspirations quietly through the fears and uncertainties I want to invite you to evaluate what your life is producing. These are big questions. And yet Jesus says, remain connected. To me. And as we do that, it's a challenging path. And Jesus goes on here and he talks about those around will actually hate the people who follow Jesus because they are living different. And when we reflect historically, Out of the 12 followers of Jesus that were at dinner, 10 of them, yep, got to do my maths right here, 10 of them were executed because they remained in Christ. One, we think, died in prison. It's a challenge. But that's the invitation of Jesus to remain in me. Because as we, as we start to practice that, what we practice today actually predicts what our prospects will be. The future that we want begins in the action of today.
So I'm going to invite us into a moment of reflection and into a moment of action. Because I know that for some of us, stepping into a moment with Jesus with a fresh perspective actually begins right now. And so whether you're online or here, let's join us in prayer. Jesus, thank you for stepping into our world. God, thank you for inviting us into this life that is entwined with you. Jesus, we pray that you'd speak to us in a way that we are able to recognize. And for those today who are challenged by fears and anxiety and uncertainty, God, we acknowledge the reality of our uncertain world. God, we acknowledge uh, the questions and the doubts that we may have. But God, we hear your invitation to come to you. Father, for those of us who long for a more fruitful life. A life that produces fruit that is sweet to your taste. God, we bring those aspirations to you and we begin right now in this moment with you, Jesus. And we say afresh, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I choose your voice above the other voices in my life. And Father, I pray that as we listen, God, that we would find the courage to move from listening into action. That God, your kingdom would come and that your will would be done in our lives, in our community. And in our society because we have listened 
and acted. I think sometimes we do a little churchy thing where we all put up our hands, you know. This is actually you and Jesus. And I think the challenge is, for those of us who God has spoken to this morning, that right now, you actually know. (laughs) You know what Jesus is calling you to already. And there may even be one or two people you've known for a while and have just kind of been going, yeah, but. And some of those buts are actually legitimate. And I would encourage you though, for those of you who do know, find someone you trust, tell them, hey, this might seem a bit weird, but I think this is what God is asking me to do. I'd love to hear I was going to say, if you don't have anyone you can trust, come and talk to me. But, you know, it's probably not a really unifying sentiment to express, is it? (laughs) No. But find someone you trust and go, this is what God's saying. Because we are in this together. So thanks for having me. I hope that it's been challenging and encouraging. And uh, Jono. Fantastic. Thanks, Brett, for sharing that encouraging message. Um, yeah, definitely a lot of things that I can take away from that. Um, I think one of the um, best things is just your sharing and of your own examples of uh, being open to Jesus and him calling you. And uh, so many times I, yeah, I hear the voice of God prompting me to do something And it's so easy to say, oh, you know, that's not you, God, really, or, you know, it's so uncomfortable, I don't want to do that. And so just hearing those examples um, was really encouraging to me. And, uh, yeah, and I really loved how, yeah, you just expounded the word and shared how Jesus invites us to engage in the divine, I think he said, uh, to engage with him and to be open to that. And so, yeah, thank you so much for that. And Logan as well for your uh, testimony. That's so encouraging as well. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, well, that's pretty much it for today. Uh, I'll just close in prayer and, uh, and we'll be done. Uh, Heavenly Father, again, we, we thank you so much. We thank you for your servant, Brett, uh, and for Logan. We thank you for our guests and their encouragement. Uh, we thank you, God, that you are at work, that you're working in their lives, and that, God, by your word today, uh, you're going to be working in our lives as well. We thank you, God, that uh, you are a God who loves us. You're a God who calls us friend. You're a God who wants us to produce Uh, fruit and fruit that will last. And Father, I pray uh, for all of us who uh, desire that, uh, that God, that we would do real business with you today. Uh, That Father, that we will make real decisions and real choices. Uh, That Father, we will put into action uh, the things that we've learned and the things that you've laid upon our heart. And so God, give us that courage to do so. Uh, Give us uh, open ears and eyes and hearts to receive what you have for us today and and to put those things into practice this week. Uh, That God, when you prompt us, when we hear your Holy Spirit, uh, that, Father, we be quick to act and, and not uh, uh, to be shy away in the face of uncertainty. And so, God, we thank you uh, for all of this. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you give us the power to do it by your Holy Spirit. We pray for all this and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next week, church.